0: Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I am good. I am good. How are you doing this
1: morning? I am ready to get into the second episode in our series of victim triangle dynamics, the, the <laughs> dreaded victim triangle. Yes. Uh, I see we already have some folks tuning in for today's episode. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, I'm Delisa Hawking, and this is my lovely
0: co host. Hello, I'm Lisa Gunshore, a Buddhist biohacker, and I'm excited to get into this too. I think once you get into the dreaded drama triangle, you can't get out of it, <laughs> meaning you can't not see, you can't unsee it. That's what I'm trying to say this morning. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Last episode, you had Ludwig, your dog, join us. Uh, Today, you may see a fur ball in the corner of your screen. Frankie, the cat, has decided she wants to be a part of today's episode. So just a heads up, if you see something moving that looks furry, it's her.
0: (laughs) I love it. Yeah, Ludwig is just below me here, curled up in a little ball in the sunshine. So he is definitely uninterested in participating today. He has put himself back to bed. He's not interested in talking
1: about the dynamic energy for today, which is the rescuer, the Uh. rescuer. I know. So episode one, if you haven't watched that yet, it's definitely an evergreen episode. Go back and watch that. It's uh, all about the victim energy and a beautiful. So Lisa, uh, just put up on the screen the dreaded drama triangle of the rescuer (laughs) which we are doing today last uh episode we did the victim and then episode three is going to be the persecutor and then we will also have a set of three episodes to work with you on how to get out of the dreaded drama triangle and manifest the outcomes that you're actually looking for but the rescuer energy is quite interesting um Do you have an example that you want to talk about that, how it's shown up for you to give people an idea of, of what the rescuer energy is like?
0: Yeah. I mean, as healers, right, we, we love to rescue and we love to save. And my example, I thought I, you know, I was thinking about it and I thought I'd go with kind of a tough one, which was I had an ex-boyfriend, um, that, you know, had challenges with drugs and alcohol. and. I really thought that I could create – I think what I thought was if I created a safe, secure, stable environment, that that would be enough, right? And, oh, I know all these spiritual practices, and I can, you know, help him. And and we actually went to Maui together, so I think I thought that would save – relationship and that would save him. And like, we're going to go into this new environment. And of course it was a complete mess. And I made him leave the Island. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. So it didn't end well, um, unfortunately. And, you know, I hope he's okay wherever he is today, but, um, that is my example is just really, you know, when we really care about somebody, we want to save them. We we step into that rescuer, like I can do it, I can take control, I'm gonna make sure that you're okay. Um, when actually it's it's not really saving them at all. Right. I think getting I, I love that
1: example because I think it's getting really, really clear about what your motives behind being a rescuer or a savior is. Uh, and for those of you watching, whether it's live or in the replay, drop a comment. You know, Lisa and I read all the comments that come in. Um, we'd love to hear how you feel that you've been a rescuer for someone else. Or maybe you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, I really like being saved. Because I've definitely come across people, even clients that I've worked with, that they have felt that they enjoy being around people or in a romantic relationship where they feel like the other person is saving them. Um, It's a peculiar energy. Um, But yeah, when I was reflecting on this, I felt like where have I been a rescuer? And I'm sure it's come up in a variety of different ways in my life thus far. But the one that stood out to me was being a psychic. Mm. And you and I have had, numerous conversations about (laughs) this topic. But I had to go inward and ask myself, am I truly helping people by giving readings? And I had to change my internal mindset and perception on my role as a psychic. And what I concluded was it was important for me to shift into a vibration of being a guide rather than a rescuer. So if anyone's ever listening that's had a session with me. Um, And I know Lisa, just based on my experiences with you too, you're you're very similar in this way. It's okay. We'll give the information, but then what do we do with it? How do we make your life better? It's not like a lot of the psychics you'll find where they're like, oh yeah, I'll pull cards and tell you what it is. And then, okay, great. Have a nice Tuesday or whatever Mm. it is. It's Approaching the craft and the information differently so that we can be more empowered and proactive with what comes through. But I think early on, working with cards, energy, giving psychic information, uh, there's a lot of energy in there if you're not careful where you can take on the role of helping people to try to save them or or be their, their savior and I've seen this in a lot of the spiritual industry where there are people that are psychics or card readers, astrologers, What name your, your profession within the spiritual industry, but that a lot of people's motives in the industry is that they want to help save save someone at the end of the day. And it could even be that there was somebody in their life that they couldn't save. Mm -hmm. And now they're using this work as an outlet to try to save other people to somehow make that other relationship that they couldn't save worth all of it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in addition to that is wanting to save yourself. And I think that that's something as healers that – you know, we want to take a moment to really ask ourselves why we're doing the work that we're doing. I know Delisa and I have been there, you know, this year of just asking, you know, what's our why? Like, why are we doing this? And, and how can we use our gifts as healers and and psychics and empaths and all these things? How can we use our gifts to empower and inspire rather than trying to save and rescue. And that goes for the collective too. I mean, even looking at, you know, big collective events where we're trying to help the planet. And at the end of the day, you know, the goal is to save and help ourselves, which actually, we'll bring up our our comic of the week because it actually aligns with this. Um, good old Morpheus that we love, but it says, what if I told you that everybody is their own worst enemy and that nobody but you can save you from yourself? Yep. Absolutely. You're the only one
1: that's going to do it. But like I was saying, shifting into the perspective and, and vibration of being a guide, mm-hmm. uh, I think that that can help to show people What is the energy? Why is it showing up? What are you meant to learn here um, so that you can do your inner work? So there is a lot Mm -hmm. to be said about psychics and spiritual people and coaches and and transformative methods, but Mm -hmm. it's really, I think, best suited when you're willing to approach it saying, what do I need to learn to set myself free?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we actually had a question that, that came in uh, from a viewer on episode one, and they asked, is there a delicate way to let the victim know that they've been playing the victim for too long? And I'll share what <laughs> I, I came up with as I was reflecting okay. on this question. And anybody watching this episode two... If if there are questions that come up for you as you're listening to what Lisa and I are talking about today, drop a comment. Let us know um, so we can take a look at that. Uh, I like giving people questions, right? Um, this came up actually in a client I was working with recently, and, and and they were having issues with a relationship that is in their life. And my client loved to jump in and solve the other person's problems all the time. And they were feeling really overwhelmed. And during one of my sessions with this client, I said, well, what if you approached it a little bit differently? What if instead of allowing the victim to ramble on being the victim and you offer all these solutions to save them, what if you just sat back and started asking them questions? And a couple of the things that you might consider saying is, Like, let's say they just dumped a bunch of stuff on you, right? You could say something to the effect of, wow, that must be exhausting. Why do you think this is happening? And then wait for their response and ask, how do you think you could change that? So asking questions to lead to their own clarity, their own epiphanies. Um, And you could also try, wow, I can imagine how stressful all of that is. Why do you think it's causing you so much anxiety? and then wait for them to respond. And then you can say, do you mind if I ask another question? They say, sure, go ahead. Um, You could reflect with, it feels like they've got a lot of power, fill in the blank, over you. And I want you to be really happy. So how do you think you could begin to let this go? So it's really about mirroring back to them what's going on and asking them clarifying questions not necessarily because you want to know the specific answer, but by asking the right set of questions to the individual that's playing the victim, you get them to start talking and hopefully slowing it down enough where they can hear their own responses and get the clarity that they're looking for so that they can move on and they don't have to stay the victim. But what do you think?
0: Well, you know, I think when, when I sat with this question, I love what you shared, by the way, those were all such good questions when you are, you know, with a friend or a client or whatever, and you want to point to that. And I think my question for the person asking this is, why do you want to point out that they're a victim? Because that comes from that savior space of, I want to save this person. I see Where they're at and i want to save them and a lot of times so so my response to how do i let somebody know is you don't you listen and you reflect and the reflection questions you just gave are perfect because otherwise you're you're just wanting to point out you know and and this is so easy for all of us to do we learn something and then we want to point it out everywhere because we learned it right And not everybody is ready to hear what you've landed on, right? You're ready to hear it, which is why you got the information. And and that's the hardest thing for all of us, right? We're in this awakening time and we're awakening to all sorts of stuff. And you want to talk to people about what you're awakened to. And sometimes it's like, woo, like they do not want to hear what I have to say. And so I think really asking yourself why do I want to point out that they're in a victim role? You know, what is my motivation? Am I trying to save them? Because you could easily take that conversation into the drama triangle, because if you're telling them, well, you're acting like a victim, then they, you're becoming the persecutor and the savior. And then now they're the victim of what you're doing. And they're gonna, you know, it doesn't bring them out of the pattern at all. So I think using those, you know, reflection questions that Delisa just brought up and just really listening and holding space. And a lot of times it's the difficult part of acknowledging they're in a pattern and maybe it's about creating space in the relationship. I mean, that is a real thing. Just like my ex-boyfriend, there came a point where I recognize that the pattern that he was in was unhealthy and it wasn't, it wasn't healthy for me to be in that relationship. And that comes from my own codependency pattern. So I think it's important to acknowledge that if you're not able to hold a space out of your patterns, you know, then being with somebody else in those patterns, you just bounce that off. So again, we're going to get into how to get out of this, um, in, in a couple weeks. But for now I would say, I would ask why you want to tell them that and then go from there.
1: Yes. And one of the things that you do really well, Lisa, is asking for permission to share Mm. because you're right. If you're just giving it right back to them or telling them, Oh, you're a victim and this, this, and this, you keep, all of you connected into a victim triangle, but I think when you're embarking on asking a set of questions to try to get them to hear it themselves, I think it's really important to ask, is it okay if I ask you a question about this? Is it okay if we have a conversation about what's really going on here? Um, Because I found that by asking the question and the person saying, yes, sure, please, um, that they now are an active participant in a really beautiful energy that can create the new dynamic, the new energy uh, around what's going on, and hopefully get them and yourself out of the victim triangle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wrote down a few things about how I knew I was rescuing someone, so I'll share those. <laughs> <and see if laughs> I want to hear. Have, I want to hear. If you have anything you want to add to it, okay. Yeah, I knew I was rescuing someone when I wanted them to act or behave in a certain way. I felt empowered or in control when I could help them. Uh, It even felt a bit like a God complex. Like I know better than they do. Mm -hmm. And lastly, when I helped someone, I felt a sense of worthiness and I felt lovable.
0: Wow. I can relate. I mean, really, um, I love that, you know. I, I know I'm in savior mode when I go into old patterns with clients, you know, as again, you know, Delise and I both are psychic mediums. And when I go back into that space with a reading, right, well, we do receive information and it's very easy to go into tell versus ask. So I know I'm in savior mode when I'm telling versus asking. When I am giving information rather than holding sacred space for you to get your own information, that's those are some real key points for me. And um, you know, I'll just share. I I've, I've had some really beautiful sessions recently where, in holding that space and and really asking questions, my clients they know the answer. They know where they're headed. They know what they want to create. And it's been really incredible. And and the, the session is so empowering and inspiring because they are lit up with their own insight. And that's so beautiful. And it's not anything I wouldn't have told them, you know, but they're coming to it on their own. And so it's this beautiful thing to blend like this holding of sacred space and sharing insight And at the same time, really allowing them to have insight because at the end of the day, I don't want to be in control. But like you said, being in control, it makes us feel safe, right? It makes us feel secure. For me, it's a security like, oh, I know the information. I'm going to tell the information. I'm always right, right? (laughs) Like all of that. And it's like, whoa, like it doesn't matter if you're right or not. What matters is what Um, the person that we're working with wants to hear. And that's with friendships too.
1: Absolutely. In episode three, we'll be talking about the persecutor villain energy, (laughs) uh, (laughs) which I'm sure I could come up with a Plethora examples <laughs> yeah. on that one. Uh, yes, uh, I know we want to head into the mugshots of the week, and then we're going to have our shifting gears. Uh, is there anything else that we want to mention before we show our member mugshots of the week?
0: Oh, I think we get into the member mugshots. I just love these i love everybody sharing their mugs and i'm excited to see what mug you have today delisa because you always have such interesting mugs that you share i love it so much so i'm excited oh, to see yours yeah <laughs> <laughs> i guess i
1: should have brought a mug versus my seattle seahawks oh cup. yeah <laughs> um yeah i you know i've been a big seattle seahawks fan for a long time i grew up outside of the seattle area and, um, I was a big Russell Wilson fan, but you stole him from us, Lisa in Colorado <laughs> uh He's going to denver uh but i'll I'll follow him. I will now become a Denver Broncos fan. Uh, at least while Russell
0: Wilson is there. but uh, yeah, what was your mug for this? Oh week? my God. My dad used to call, well, he probably I say used to, but he probably still does call him the Seattle Sea Chickens because you know, Denver Broncos, I know, I know. And sad day, I was literally watched the Super Bowl in on Maui. Um, when Seattle won and the Broncos lost and it was our saddest day and everybody there was rooting for Seattle because we were on Maui, which is of course near the West coast. But the mug I have today, this is one of my favorites. It says courageous on it, but I love it because it's like this weird shape and it's pink. And as you guys know, I mean, this is everything about me is I love pink. And so, um, that's the mug and it's just a nice big mug. So, I picked it today because um, I need. I wanted to be reminded that I have courage. I was feeling kind of lit up yesterday, which you guys probably saw on my uh, social media. But I was really activated yesterday about feeling like, you know, I'm empowered with not apologizing for who I am and and making that okay. So let's get into our member mugshots. We have three today. So Delisa, I'll let you share as Your peeps are up here. Yay, this is Cheryl. Look, she's got a pink mug too. I love it. I love the look
1: on her face too. I think they're great. I told my members, I was like, listen, you need to show your face in your photo. Do not send me a picture of just your mug. I'm uh, She's delightful. I love the artwork on her mug. I think it's incredible. Um, so I'm thrilled that she's a part of my spark plug community.
0: Yeah, I love that too. What a cool looking mug
1: yes and then do you have one you're sharing from you i do this is
0: tracy i love tracy so much and this is her with her morning face as she said and i love her mug as well and it's like yellows and pinks which are all my favorite colors so i love that so much so she is a member of the vip group in the buddhist biohacker portal so thank you tracy for all of your contributions and i just love the mug shots it's so fun it's so fun Absolutely. So if you are a member of Lisa's
1: VIP portal in the Buddhist um, biohacker or uh, in the spark plug community with me, uh, make sure that you send in the photos uh, of you and your favorite coffee or tea mug. And we might feature you in this series that we're doing around the dreaded victim triangle. Yeah, yes. I love it.
0: Okay. we well, we go into shifting gears and Let's how we're going to shift today. All yeah. right. I love this. I do too. It makes me want to get my nails done every time. I this. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> I know, you know, I've never really been
1: like a regular salon person, but you know what? You're right. I, I think it might be time, especially with the weather warming up and uh, getting our nails done. But uh, for shifting gears for this episode, uh, what I, I have as a consideration for you is to write down why you like playing the role of the rescuer, the savior. What do you get out of it? And is rescuing serving you, the other person? or neither. So I would just recommend a piece of paper and a pen, set your timer for five minutes and really reflect on the energy of being a rescuer. What are you getting out of it? Why are you doing it? And I think you're going to have a lot of aha moments, even if you just do it for five minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, and I think, you know, going back to what comes to mind for me with like why I do it is again, it, it makes me feel in control and, and that goes back to the quantum feminine piece because the, the masculine energy wants to be in control. It wants to feel like things are certain and the feminine energy wants to surrender that control and allow the chaotic beauty of nature to occur. And so it's, it's a real um, you know invitation for me consistently to look at control energy for sure.
1: Yes. And going back to what I was saying earlier in the episode, for me, it really has come back to getting approval from other people. That Mm -hmm. if I say something that's helpful, that changes something about someone's life and they feel amazing about it, then I feel like, oh, it's worth it. It's worth it. I have a purpose. And that's just part of the illusion of the triangle.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. I'm going to bring it back up on the screen here. Um, so that we can talk about. So we last week we talked about victim and this week we talked about rescuer. So next week we're gonna talk about persecutor. Um, so just a reminder, I liked this particular image because it really is I like the little symbols of the people because it's super clear <laughs> what we're doing in these roles. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. I, I imagine that episode three will be one that gets people to, to really think mm-hmm. about when they've played the villain and when other people have played that role for you. Mm-hmm. And so Lisa and I will be back, episode three, to talk about that persecutor energy, how it can show up, examples of how it can appear when you know you may be in that role, and then give you a way to, to shift out of it in, in just a few minutes. And Mm -hmm. um, hopefully these episodes are empowering everyone watching to get a better idea of what is going on in their relationships, things that are showing up in your life, and why you're making the choices that you're making. And that by the end of the series of episodes that you feel more empowered and you feel that you really are co-creating your
0: own life. Yeah. Beautifully said. I love it. Well, we did it. Another episode. I love it. And thank you guys so much for watching and being a part of this. Um, I know we both have things coming up. So I will be back on Buddhist Biohacker YouTube at noon mountain time with Satyam to talk about the Bhagavad Gita. So don't forget to subscribe to my channel. And Delisa, what do you have going on? Yeah, I'll be back uh, today,
1: 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m.
0: Eastern with my quick and
1: easy Energy uh, predictions for the week ahead. This week, I'm taking a look at a couple of different themes and how they're playing out in your life. And if you are in Las Vegas, which I know a lot of my clients uh, and community are, there's a Mystic Fair on April 23rd, uh, this Saturday from noon to four at the Windmill Library. So go and check that out. I love Mystic Fairs and when they do all the presentations and you can go and see the vendors and uh, so... Go and check that out if you're in the Las Vegas area.
0: Oh, that sounds fun. I haven't been to one of those in a really long time. I I worked the metaphysical fair circuit for about six years and really Colorado, Wyoming, Iowa, Arizona, Nebraska, kind of in that area. And it was really fun because you there's always so much going on and so many people. Um, and I'm glad I'm not doing that all the time <laughs> anymore. It's a lot of work. I remember one year... One weekend in two days, I think I read 88 people. It was insane. I don't even know how I got home. I don't even know. Cause I, I, it was, you know, how your energy gets. It's, it's like, bleh. so anyway, <laughs> I love fairs though. Yeah. They're a lot of fun,
1: but it's yeah. been great doing episode number two with you, Lisa. And we'll, we'll look forward to seeing everybody back for episode three. Yeah. Thanks so much guys. Have a great day and I'll see you back at
0: noon.